0: all right everybody welcome into team trust inclusion where we're talking with people doing big things for and with the disability community today we're joined by april holmes april is a four-time paralympian three-time paralympic medalist that includes one gold medal you did was a sprinter you did a long jump and now done with sport but you're on the board for sleep sport you speak to businesses all over the place. You assisted Michelle Obama with the Last Move campaign. And you also were the inspiration behind an Air Jordan shoe. So not too shabby, April. I really appreciate your joining us today.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate the honor to join you today, Brian. Appreciate that.
0: Of course, of course, April. So, you know, I talked about your your achievements going to four games, uh, 2016 was your last, but I'm kind of curious, you know, have you ever considered just going back on the track for fun? Do you ever miss it at all? Or are you just done?
1: That is such an excellent question because, I mean, you think about, you give so much of your life to athletics or athletes give so much of their life and it becomes it becomes so much a part of like what you do and and even who you are while you're doing it and so it's 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 the thing of you know do i miss having a six-pack uh yes i miss having a six-pack and we're not talking about beer here we're talking about we're so all the things about you six miss the six-pack six yeah, absolutely <laughs> So, I mean, there are things, aspects of, of sport and competition that I will always miss um, just because I'm a competitive person. I've been running track and playing basketball since I was a kid, like five years old. So in, in that regard, the, the competitive nature of like literally lining up against someone and it becomes my will against your will and my talent against your talent and like my, my training against your training. So that all of that in, in a competitive space is, is something I definitely miss. Um, and I, I obviously miss traveling around the world. But I mean, so many people because of COVID have not been able to travel. So I feel like I'm in a position like everyone else for the most part. Uh, but I mean, then again, there are aspects of the sport that I just don't miss. Um, you know, I, I, there are not too many days I get up now where I'm in pain. You know, there were t- days I, I went hard to practice and I'm like, wait, my back hurts, my knee hurts, my leg hurts, my everything hurts. <laughs> But those are the aspects I don't miss um, about athletics. But still, still, obviously, a, a great fan um, of so many athletes, as well as the Paralympic sport movement, as well as every other sport. I mean, I, I I can't tell you how many times a day I'll check ESPN or, you know, I, in fact, just last night and I was over, I, I was um, ear hustling, I'm gonna call it a conversation. And I heard uh, Jacksonville co- coach Urban Meyer got fired. And I'm like, what, wait a minute, hold on. And I'm like, April, they were not talking to you and you were ear hustling. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> truly a sports fan, absolutely, truly a sports fan.
0: Very cool. Yeah, so then have you noticed you know, the sport of track and field changed quite a bit since you stepped away?
1: I have in terms of, even in terms of visibility, um, you know, one, one athletes will always get faster, always get better. They're always, you know, technology always will advance. Um, And so when you see all of these things happening, you're just so excited to like, what's next? Like what's next? What's next? You know, like, you know, not to say who's the next April Holmes, but who's the next Female sprinter that will come along, and I was so, 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 so very uh, fortunate to be at the U.S. Paralympic Trials um, to see my American record get broken. Not, but not by one pe- person, but by, by literally by two people. I mean, two people crossed the line beating my American record. So I, I, I was excited. I, I, I was actually working with the uh, NBC um, um, team or whatever, uh, brought helping to broadcast the uh, the trial, the Paralympic track and field trials, and I said to them, I said, listen. I know for a fact that by the time this race is over, at least one of these women will break this uh, my American record in 100 meters. So, you know, please forgive me, but I'm going to run out out of this uh, this trailer, and I'm going to run out to the track. And whichever one of those young ladies breaks this record, I'm going to hug them. I'm going to congratulate them. Like I'm going to give them everything I have to give them in terms of appreciation. Because you know, it's, sport does change, and that's one thing we that we as even as spectators look at. Like, what is wh- how can sport be advanced? And I, I had my time. You know, I had my time. I had my glory. I had have my accolades to go with it. Um, but it's someone else's turn, and I'm excited for someone else's turn. I'm excited to cheer them on. I'm excited to see where sport can go. And, and then even for Paralympic sport, you know, just knowing that NBC did such an amazing job in expanding the coverage of Paralympics. So that you know, there, there are kids that you know, are growing up and they have disabilities. They're, they're Paralympic eligible, as I, I, as I called it. And so just to know that we can serve as inspiration to them, for them to get out there and try sport, to do sport, to excel in sport, um, I, I can't, I couldn't be any happier. I couldn't be any happier for that, for the next great athlete to come along.
0: The next great athlete. So who do you think is the best athlete out there?
1: I'm going with Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm playing it safe. I'm going with Steph Curry. I mean, just yesterday, two days ago, he broke the, uh, the three-point scoring uh, record, and I was cheering him on as well as so many people, but he's such a he's such a great um, ambassador for, for sport and for life. Um, You know, he, he seems to do all the right things. He seems to check all the right boxes. He's a great competitor. He's a great model. He's a great sports person. Like he, I mean, he does, he does a lot of the great things as well as he's very instrumental in, in mentoring, you know, and being there for his, obviously his young teammates, but you know, you, you think about how often you hear stories of him giving back, you hear stories of him pouring into other young athletes. And so, um, I, that's my answer. I'm going with Steph Curry right now.
0: <laughs> I think that's a safe answer. It right is safe. It's
1: very safe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very cool. So, you know, did you ever have an interest when you were, you know, in games, did you ever have a desire to hop over to the Olympic side and race against those athletes or were you focused primarily on the parasite?
1: You know, that's a very interesting question that people ask me a lot. Like, you know, can you actually beat an Olympic athlete? I'm like, okay, so I'm actually missing my leg. I'm depending upon every time my left leg hits the ground. I'm expecting that, you know, whereby I was born with, you know, I was involved in a train accident. I lost my leg as a result of a train accident. I was 20 some years old. And so most of my, my, I'll say most of my childhood life, whatever, 20 some and under, I had my leg. So I was accustomed to running You know like an able-bodied person and here it is late late 20s i lose my um my leg and now i'm trying to figure out how to run with the prosthetic leg but the the one thing that i remain that remain constant in my training ryan is literally i thought to myself every single day i want to run as if i don't have that prosthetic leg on my left hand side and I want to train with Olympians. So every single you asked me, was I racing Olympians? I was racing Olympians every single day. Like I was at practice with Olympians every single day. I did not train with Paralympic athletes. And you were coached
0: by an Olympian, correct?
1: And, and listen, and Al Joyner was is a is a, a an Olympic gold medalist in triple jump. He won that in eighty four games in, in L A. And then after I I, I um, left San Diego and training with Al, I came to. Uh, Orlando to train with Brooks Johnson, who is an award-winning uh, um, Olympic coach, and he has many, many athletes who have many medals uh, under, his, under his belt and under, under his tutelage. So my, my training every single day was not about Paralympics. I, you know, listen, as far as I was concerned, I was going to beat them. Um, I just needed to set my sights on someone that was faster. I needed to chase faster. I needed to see what greater competition looked like. And I literally went outside to practice every day and, and, you know, built up the endurance, built up the, I'll say the mental and the physical endurance uh, to prepare myself to get on that starting line, put that USA uniform on and, you know, go race the best in the world because I, I train with the best in the world every single day.
0: So you're saying you were looking at Usain Bolt then, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I tell people a lot. I said, listen, if Usain Bolt was missing his leg, or had the the same disability as some of the Paralympic athletes, I believe they would beat him or they would give him a run for his money. There's no, put him in a wheelchair and I bet you any amount of money, Tatiana McFadden would beat him racing the wheelchair, you know, put him out on a track and, I, I'll say put him out on the track and, and, and give him a prosthetic leg. There's no no telling that some of these other athletes would not beat him, including myself. You, you know, you asked me if I could beat Michael Jordan playing basketball. I'm going to tell you yes all day long. That's, com- that's the competitive nature of me as as well as, that's the competitive nature of so many Paralympic athletes. I mean, it just so happened that they're a Paralympian, but that does not take away from their ability. That does not take away from their their talent, their, 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 their training. Like all of that adds up. And, and I think if you, put, you gave those same Olympic athletes uh, the same disability and classification that Paralympic athletes have, you can't tell me that a Paralympic athlete would not come away as, as the gold medalist at the end of the day. I'm sticking yeah. to that. That's my story and I'm sticking okay. to it. I'll keep it
0: in mind, maybe I'll, maybe I'll challenge you saying one day.
1: Yes, um, listen, let's go at it. Let's set up yeah. a reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you talked about the uh, increased coverage of the Tokyo Games by NBC, You know, it was very well broadcast, I think, a lot of, across a lot of different platforms. And it was the first Paralympic Games that was uh, general gender neutral. Um, so I'm curious... You know, from your perspective, you know what do we need to do to continue to get more women involved in adaptive sports?
1: I think a lot of it has to do with you know visibility. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that I learned um, a while ago that a lot of women that have um, that that are Paralympic eligible again, um, I'll call them a lot of women are they are so laser focused on getting their education. They're laser focused. I mean, even if you pull the uh, the, the current team that just uh, went to Tokyo for the, for the games, so many of them have advanced degrees. You know, so many of them are not necessarily focused on sport. Sport is just something that they do. Um, Instead, their their greater focus is on their education. And so a lot of it is, you know, how can we be advocates of people with disabilities? You know, how can we show the world what people with disabilities look like? And so I think the more and more coverage comes, the more and more women will know, because when I first lost my leg, I had no idea there was even, like I I didn't know about the Paralympics. So NBC is doing their job. And so it's up to us, people like yourself, myself, Um, to go out and really promote the world of of people with disabilities because, you know, we're capable of doing anything we set our mind to. Um, And, you know, having a seat at the table and having those type of conversations that we're capable, showing people that we're capable and doing what we're capable of doing versus, oh, you know, that kid, because they have, you know, because they're confined to a wheelchair, they have to sit in the corner of the room and not be allowed to participate in sports with the rest of the kids. That's not fair. Like, that's not fair to kids. And so the more and more we get people involved, the more and more we get everyone involved, the greater the conversation becomes, the greater the movement becomes and the greater Paralympic visibility uh, gets. Oh my God. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Did you ever notice a shift in the way people treated you with a prosthetic leg versus before your accident?
1: <laughs> I did. And and I, I would notice how people, if I got out the car, if I had a shorts on, I, I got out the car. Uh, I've noticed people would literally run to the door to try and help me open a door. And I'm like, so I'm missing my leg, not my arm. I can open a door, but thanks. Appreciate it. And so, if you if you extend that kindness to everyone, imagine imagine what the world would be like if we if we extend that same level of kindness to everyone else. Um, at the same time, I I remember um, doing a media interview one time, and a, and a, and a uh, reporter asked me. He said, "You know," he said, "Do Paralympic athletes have an advantage?" I said, "They absolutely do have an advantage over able-bodied athletes." And he's like, "Would you talk to me about that advantage?" I said, "Surely." You know, when I'm at practice every single day, my coach says, you have two minutes to rest in between intervals. Like you have, you know, you run a hundred meters, you have two minutes before you have to do another 200, 100 meters. I said, and during that two minutes rest, I'm sitting there like, how can I get some more rest? How in the world can I get some more rest? I said, and just as he's getting ready to say, my two minutes is up. I said, wait, coach, hold on. I got I to gotta wipe off my legs. I got to take off my leg. I got to wipe it because it's sweating. And then I got to put it on. Guess what? That gives me a whole nother two minute advantage. So therein lies the <laughs> advantage that Paralympic <laughs> athletes have. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Yes,
1: therein lies the advantage. We get a few extra minutes in practice because we can blame it on our leg.
0: <laughs> I I really like the way you think, April. You know, I you know I'm in a chair. I've had the you know, wheels pop off. I've lost my battery, so I suppose that is an advantage. Yes. Uh, yeah. I know. You know, just in our conversations, you know. Uh, a positive attitude is a big thing for you. You know, what, what makes a positive attitude important? Like, why should I convert, you know, extra time on my leg or my chair that may be bad into something good? Why is that important?
1: You know, I, I, I often uh, tell people that happiness is a choice. You know, you can could, you could choose to be happy or you can choose to be sad. Either way, the sun's going to come up, the sun's going to go down, the sun's going to come up, the sun's going to go down. So you have a choice of how you want to live your day, how you want to live your life, whether that's choosing to be happy, whether that's choosing to be sad. I, I personally believe that the happiness is the part that brings out the sunshine, that brings you greater advantage, Advantage to, makes the world a, a greater place to be. And so I just try to get up every morning with that mantra of, you know, t- today's a great day today's going to be a great day and i also one of the things that, that i also do that i've been been doing for many many years now and this is as a result of doing this uh i did a school event uh many years ago and um just prior to me speaking to the students they were having a pet rally and as they're having this pet rally i'm looking around at all of these kids screaming and hollering their heads off for this football team that's about to go you know go into competition with another football team and i began relating that to life and i said you know why are, why do we not start off our day you know having a pet rally for ourselves And so every morning I get up, you know, when I'm looking my worst, you you look your worst in the morning. You know, you think about it, you you know, if you, if you slobber at night, you kind of got slobber down, you you got crust in your eyes, your hair all over the place. like those. I wake up
0: in a tuxedo,
1: April. Listen, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. But in the meantime, until I get there, until I grow up, I want to be the person that like literally am having a pet rally for myself. So as I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, I'm literally brushing my teeth and I'm like, April, you're the greatest. April, you were meant to be the greatest. Today is an awesome day for you. You know, you're going to accomplish amazing things. So I'm literally having a pet rally with myself. When I'm externally, I look the worst. But what I'm trying to do is build up the internal. Because as I go about the course of the day, I also realize how often the world can take its toll on you. Um, and so if you start by, by, by pumping yourself up, if you start on the top of the mountain, that you know, as the world comes in, and gradually kind of knocks you down and, and you know, takes this shot at you, or whatever, you, not, you didn't start in the valley, instead you started at the top of the mountain. So it's gonna take a whole lot for somebody to get you from the top of the mountain to the valley. And so it, literally having that pep rally every single morning with myself, it helps me like, all right, I'm, I'm getting in gear. Okay, I'm pumping myself, I'm, I'm ready to go to battle today. And now I can walk out and, and do what, whatever is on my to-do list for the course of the day and still go at it with that positive mentality, that positive attitude. And I am, I am um, you know, I, I, am, I am a champion as far as I'm concerned. And, and that's kind of how I approach that day.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then with that championship mentality, what's the next big goal you have?
1: Ooh. Every day is something. I'll say that. Every day it is something. Like I, I, I literally think about. I have a mentor of mine, um, and he's like a, a father to me. At, at um, and he literally asks people all the time. He says, "You know, how can we change the world?" And I think about that question all the time. How can we change the world? So I get up in the morning and I think, how can I change the world today? And, and, and that is a lot of now what I'm doing. So I, I do a lot of executive coaching. I still do a bunch of motivational speaking. And then I'm also a, a now a co-founder for a, a tech startup in, in which you know, we really place an emphasis on what do kids need from a mentoring perspective? How can those people who have achieved great things in their life, you know, really be able to turn around and share those experiences, that journey, um, you know, those le- life lessons with the next generation of of young people, um, so that they become equipped um, with everything they need in in order to be successful in life. So my two co-founders and I are building Hero Hangout, which is a, literally a fan engagement knowledge sharing platform where we're sharing, uh, we're we're sharing as well as other athletes, other celebrities are sharing their life experience with with young kids and allowing them to ask those type of questions. Like, you know, what does training look like for you? How did, how did you endure like the days that you're, you were injured? Like kids need to know this kind of stuff because unfortunately most of social media paints a picture of they just woke up like that. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I just woke I woke up like this. No, you didn't. You went through a whole lot in order to get to where you are. So how can you share that that journey with the next generation of of kid that is trying to get to where you are and beyond for tomorrow, um, so having a ton of fun building Hero Hangout and it's very very motivational for me, just to know that you know um, that a thought and idea or that I, I had uh, and I that I can be able to share it with the world, my co-founders and I and it, I help can help change the world also.
0: Nice, nice, very cool, April. You know, as you're doing all these various things, you've won you know, a series of medals, one gold medal, only one. it. Well, now what happened to the rest?
1: <laughs> uh, listen, I win a gold medal every single day. Every okay. single day, I win a okay. gold medal every day. So whether or not someone else put it around my neck or whether or not I, it's my responsibility to put it around my neck, that's just my mentality.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, so yeah. you have a lot of gold medals then. Every
1: day. <laughs> yeah, so you
0: also sit on the, the board for safe sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recently there have been some, some claims around Trooper Johnson. Uh, he was the, the head coach of the women's U.S. You know, wheelchair basketball team. He coached them to a medal in Tokyo. Um, recently it was renamed, but there were all sorts of athletes kind of coming forth. Uh, saying that, you know, he was you know, kind of abusive as a coach, uh, so on and so forth. And he eventually resigned and they replaced him with a, a new coach, a women's coach. And, you know, I'm kind of curious, you know, as just sitting on the board for Safe Sport, watching all of this, seeing the NWBA uh, kind of really come under fire from many different angles, And what should the adaptive sport community learn from this incident? And and do you think this type of behavior is prevalent in para-sports?
1: So one of the things that I I think of a lot is that um, abuse of any kind is not acceptable. Abuse of any kind, or even the allegation of abuse of any kind, is not acceptable. Um, and so, when you have when you have athletes, when you you know whether from, from the the, the uh, youth ranks all the way up to the professional ranks, when you have when you have an athlete come and speak of or report of um, of some sort of um, I'll say allegation of some sort of sexual misconduct, um, that's very very serious. And one of the reasons why I really joined. Uh, the board and and am just elated of the, of the idea of just being on the board at Safe Sport, and because because for so long those those um, reports went went um, I, I'll say unpunished um, and unrecognized, and you know just just being a woman myself having come through through um, through athletics as from a childhood age. I, I you know, I put so much trust in my coaches. I put so much, my, my, my parent, my, my family put so much trust in, in coaches. I mean, there were times we had to go away and spend, spend nights. There were times we went, we went away to spend weeks. So to know as a parent that you put your trust in this said coach and, you know, sent your kid off with them. Um, and, and, and you believe that you could trust them, but ultimately it comes to come to find out you couldn't trust them because, you know, they were, they, they were um, acting inappropriately, that has to be hurt, very, very hurtful from a, from a parental standpoint. But even if we turn our attention to, you know, even, even to the professional ranks and those type of situations that are reported and that are happening in the professional ranks, whether it's an athlete with a disability or not, they, they are very, very serious allegations and, and impactful of people's lives at the end of the day. And so I am I am just again just elated to be on that board at Safe Sport to know that you know there is an organization now that is laser focused on you know receiving those reports as well as doing everything a, a, in terms of vetting those reports and making sure that justice is 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 taken care of. Um, I, I'll say fortunately or unfortunately um, as part of the board I, we I have no knowledge of all of the uh, all of the um, Allegations that come in because there are thousands. Uh, you know, at, at, from the board level, all we get is um, uh, is a report that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of reports that are happening every week, every month, every year, like those kind of things. And then, how many cases are we solving at the end of the day? Like, how many cases are you know there's a, there's this is being solved. Uh, so to know that I'm part of that, no, um, you know, holding people's you know feet to the fire and making sure that you know, we're not just saying we're we're, we're the board, the safe sport board and, and the organization responsible for this, but we're doing the work at the end of the day. And so holding people accountable for the fact that there's work to get done, whether that's from the Olympic side, whether that's NGB side, whether that's even youth sports side, knowing that there's some accountability happening um, to go along with the fact that unfortunately these here incidents still happen. Um, I'm proud of that. I am absolutely proud of that. So I don't know very specifically about that particular incident you're speaking with in, in terms of the women's basketball um, um, league um, and, and their coach. I don't know specifically about that incident, but what I am proud of is that the fact that I know that it, it is it is being investigated. I think that is something that they continue to report that it is being investigated, but also um, I'm, I'm super proud. Um, that a woman has been elevated to um, the head coach of the of the uh, national team. So um, I'm super happy for Christina, and I, I'm sure she'll do an amazing job. Um, but yet again, i'm I'm all part of girl power and women power. so I'm ex- super excited that she has now taken over the reins, and I'm sure the team uh, moving forward uh, representing the u s. will do some amazing things.
0: Yes, I hundred percent agree with you. Christina Schwab. The coach is a good person from the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. I've interviewed her a few times, uh, and and I believe she will do a fantastic job for the team going forward. But uh, April, I really appreciate your time, and it's been fun talking with you about Usain Bolt and the positive (laughs) mentality. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you all for listening today. Stay tuned.